Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. What is fortune telling? Is it wise to plan your life around the advice of a psychic? If you do, how do you tell a good one from a fake? Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the 195th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and that grand inquisitor you just heard was my co-host, son, and partner in the paranormal, Ben. And if anyone can answer those questions, it has to be tonight's guest. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. No. (laughs) Making her fourth appearance with us is Cassandra Eason, renowned paranormal scholar, folklorist, dream expert, psychic, and author of over 80 books. Cassandra originally trained to be a teacher, earned an honors psychology degree, while bringing up her five children with the intention of becoming an educational psychologist. In addition, she wrote articles on women's issues for the British newspapers The Guardian and The Sunday Telegraph. Cassandra's books have been serialized around the world and have been translated into 13 different languages. She has appeared on NBC's Unsolved Mysteries and The Other Side, along with Paramount's Sightings. Her work has been featured over the years in Women's World and the National Enquirer. She has lectured on the paranormal at Oxford, London, and Glasgow universities, and was for three years Honorary Research Fellow at the Alistair Hardy Research Center at Oxford and counseled those who reported psychic and religious experiences. And you can check out uh, Cassandra's website at www.cassandraeason.com. Cassandra, E-A-S-O-N dot com. All right. Cassandra Eason, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Hi. Lovely to hear you again. Well, it's good to be with you again. Well, Ben, take it away. No. All right. (laughs) So is there any difference between having your fortune told and having a psychic reading? Yes, because fortune-telling implies that people have absolutely nothing to do. They go along, they pay their dollars, and someone tells them what's going to happen to them on the stage of life. Now, it's absolutely nothing like that. In fact, what you're doing is you are going along to a fortune-teller, not to someone who is gifted in seeing a little bit into the future, to work with them to decide what you want to happen to you. All right. So is there such a thing? Well, uh, how, how should I rephrase this? So is it fate or fraud? Of course you get frauds. Of course you get, as in any profession. You even, I hear, get them in the media. But most people are genuine. But it's not as simple as we think because... The future isn't fixed. You go back thousands of years and every culture had their sisters of fate who wove, they wove the web of fate, but at the same time, one of them was untangling it according to the choices people were making. And the simplest mistake people make is that someone has all the answers, a hotline to God or the goddess, where in fact it's much more like perhaps a poor radio signal where you get clues and you together you try and put together what is a psychic jigsaw puzzle. Okay, l- let me ask you this. You've, in, you've uh, implied certainly very, very strongly, and uh, I believe rightly so, that there are, in effect, different futures. And certainly from, yes. our, yeah, you know, from our perspective, yeah, what, I, what I've found with, with psychics and or fortune tellers or whatever uh, is that they're... Picking up on the probabilities, 
the possibilities of various futures in the parallel worlds or whatever you want to call it. And exactly. they sometimes are right or sometimes wrong. I mean, so in, in that effect, what, what's the point of even going to one? Well, when you think a psychotherapist has a 22% success rate, I'd say huh. most psychics are much higher. But, I mean, let me explain. For example, the self-fulfilling prophecy. You go along to a psychic, and the psychic picks the um, justice card, say, in the tarot, which means, in its very, very basic meaning, it means, um, you know, possible legal action, divorce. So, a less gifted psychic... And, of course, there are less gifted psychics would say, oh, you're going to get divorced, my dear. So, woman goes home, husband says to her, where have you been? She says, been to see a psychic. He says, oh, wasting your money again, you silly old woman. She says, oh, you've always been tight with money, just like your father. He says, oh, you're just extravagant like your mother. <laughs> goes on like this, divorce court, self-fulfilling prophecy. Indeed. Now... The good psychic will say, justice card, there's something really you are feeling is wrong. And the gifted psychic will pick up that it is something in your marriage that really is getting to you. Something that maybe has gone on for years you haven't talked about. And at that point, the, point, the person will think, well, yes, you know what, this has been niggling me. And... The gifted psychic will then pick other cards, runes, whatever, crystals, and say, well, really, you are afraid that your husband is going to leave you. And the woman says, well, how do you know that? And the psychic will say, well, because he's been coming home late, but ask him why, and you will find out that there is a very good reason so what the psychic is doing is working in a dialogue with the person. But what marks the good psychic is they will come up with things that the person couldn't possibly have thought the psychic would have known and the psychic wouldn't have known. I mean, take, for example, I occasionally have my moments of genius and I was sitting at a festival in Sydney and this woman came and sat down and she said... Um, Oh, I come from London. I said, oh, yes, you come from Mill Hill, which is a district in London. She said, how do you know that? And I thought, I haven't got a clue. But at that, of course, she had come from Mill Hill many years ago. Oh. So that gave her the confidence, not that I could tell her everything about her future, but the fact that I had sufficient insight into things that weren't known that we could work together. But generally, a person working with a psychic will say, I knew a lot of that, but you have confirmed it for me. So it is very much a dialogue. It's not about the psychic being good. It's about the psychic enabling people to make their own future. Fortune making, not fortune telling. Interesting. I can see an almost pastoral aspect here in the sense that you have a chance as a gifted psychic to not just put a positive spin on something, but to approach something that, that something is telling you can be a disaster and trying to um, uh, inject some positive thought and positive energy so that it doesn't become a disaster. Exactly. And this is what wise men and women have done through the generations. This was what our great-grandmothers did because everyone has these abilities. And just as someone can become a great 
concert pianist, but only one or two can, most people can play a basic tune on the piano. So most people in days gone by would sit round with the teacups and the tea leaves and give the family readings and give the family strong advice. In the modern world, we don't have the same connection in many communities with the older people, with the wise ones. And so we have to go and pay a psychic. And it's one of the few professions where the older you get, the more valued you are. So I'm aiming for the fact where when I'm 95, I can do prophecy with my eyes only. <laughs> and my kids can wheel me in and out. Something to think about. Well, speaking of our of our great grandmothers or, or or our great 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 grand well, where the Muddy Python group and would say our fathers 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 fathers. 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 Uh, getting back into the remote past, the idea of divination or divining was common in in uh, in, in among our ancient ancestors. What is the difference between is is this is fortune telling as we as we've been calling it this evening a sort of a descendant of divining or is it really the same thing or or how would you compare it with ancient practice? Very confusing. Divination actually comes from the word divus or diva, which is the Latin word for the god or the goddess. So originally, divination meant discovering the will of the gods and the goddesses, and particularly the goddesses of fate. Mm -hmm. And of course, you get in fairy stories, the fairy godmothers, who are the sanitized, Christianized versions of these old women of fate who would appear at the birth and often cast lots to see the way the gifts the person had, the way their life might develop. So divination means, in the modern world, seeking the advice of the inner god or goddess, our inner higher self. Hmm. Okay. Um, I I'm still having a little trouble associating that with, with some of the psychics I've... I've read <laughs> exactly, but it's very much um, it's a me often it's a media thing of the lady with the crystal ball and the dangly earrings who says I see, I see, I see. But in fact, the modern psychic and I do a lot on the internet. I mean, I'm a cyber psychic, and it works extremely well because, of course, if you are working with thoughts and with possibilities and other planes. In, where in the old days the psychic would have sat with her bones or sat with her stones and cast them, and you get them in every culture and every age. In the modern world, the psychic will sit with her computer, and in my case, absolutely surrounded by crystals and goddess cards, and you can do a reading like that. But I do a lot of face-to-face -face readings, but to me, because I possibly because I'm also trained in psychology, it's all about the relationship between the person you're reading for, the medium, which simply means what you're using, like the, the channel, the crystal ball, or the cards. And some people would say the dialogue between our spirit guides and our angels. And you yourself, it's a three-way thing. It's not you sitting there giving out the wisdom and then going and fulfilling their script in the play. Hmm. Okay, we're coming up on a break here, but, but when we come back from that, I wanted to ask you about the media, the various uh, forms. Oh, no, well, we do have a minute. The various forms of, I guess, the various tools one would use in, quote-unquote, fortune-telling. And uh, do, uh, I, I suppose the, the tarot or, what, or crystal, do you, do you actually know anybody who uses a crystal ball? 
I use one. I've got oh, about right. ten of okay. them sitting next to my um, telephone where I'm working tonight. Well, there's the answer to, the, to that question. Uh, is that I don't know, there's a technique known as scrying? Yes, which means perceiving or looking into a reflective surface. And in the old days, people used water, but the crystal ball is a particularly good way because it's a sphere. And you can see, especially if you've got one with cracks and lines, um, all sorts of images within that lead the psychic eye. It's not like a television set where you look and see people running around inside. All right. Okay, well, we have to take our break now. But when we come back on Behind the Paranormal with Cassandra Eason, we're going to talk about uh, some more about fortune-telling and the various methods and clues and tricks to it. And uh, we're, uh, here we are on CBS behind the uh, CBS uh, New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. And we ask you to stay with us. We'll be right back. Join Kimmy Rose on interviews Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9. It's all about what's within you. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Did it make sense not to live for fun? Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And they say it gets colder You're bundled up now Wait till you get older But the media man begs to differ Judging by the hole in the satellite picture The ice we skate is getting pretty thin The water's getting warm So you might as well swim My world's on fire How about yours? That's the way I like it And I'll never get bored Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid Game on, go. 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. NewSkyRadio.com. And we're back on Behind the Paranormal, and we're visiting this evening with Cassandra Eason, our good friend, who is a well-known British psychic, folklorist, paranormal scholar, etc., etc. And uh, we thank her, uh, by the way, for staying up so late. It's well after midnight in the, the Greenwich Mean Time vicinity, and uh, she's uh, soldiering on with us tonight. We're talking about uh, the fortune-telling, as it was classically known, and the various forms of it and this sort of thing. And before we took our break, we were going to begin to talk about uh, the various uh, media that are used, uh, whether it be tarot cards, crystal balls, etc. Uh, how do you uh, how do you approach that? Is it a very personal thing to the person doing the reading, or does it depend on who you're reading for? What's that about? Well, I use a whole variety. I use about ten different methods, and then you often find that the methods will confirm each other. But anybody can do this. I one of the things I do is to teach people to do it themselves. And the simplest method of scrying and one of the oldest is just to get yourself a bowl of water, dried herbs, the kind you use for cooking, and you just scatter them on the surface of the water. You swirl it round and you'll find that if you ask a question, the herbs are actually making images. Now, all scrying, whether you're using crystal balls, whether you're using things like runes, whether you're looking into a candle flame, whatever you're doing, they all rely on symbols. And tarot cards are pictures or symbols. But my favorite forms are the ones like using a crystal ball where you have one that's a clear ball that's absolutely filled with cracks and lines and your physical eye will give you images and from that you get the psychic, the deeper. But most forms of scrying work on symbols. They're exactly like dreams, you see. Mm. They are to- do you want me to carry on or do you want do you want to ask me something? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Right. Say for example I looked in my crystal ball and say I let me ask a question about myself and should I travel a lot more or should I stay with my family? Okay, so I'm looking into my crystal ball and I see a bird. So I say, okay, what's that bird doing? The bird's in a cage. Now, is it a little bird? Is it a nesting bird? Oh, no, it's a bird with great big wings and it's really cramped in the cage. And then when I look at the image further, and this is what I'm doing, I can see that the cage door is actually open and so the bird can fly. So why is the bird sitting inside? Because the bird's scared. Now, what we then do is we take the symbol and we translate it to ourselves. So I'm the bird with my big wings. But I'm a real homebody. I've got my granddaughter. I've got my kids. And I'm, I'm quite wussy about having adventures, although I travel a lot. And so I sit in my cage, and it's all nice and it's all comfortable. I'm sitting there now and talking to you, and this is lovely. But my wings get cramped. So now and again, I have to be really, really brave, and I have to fly around. But I come back to my cage for a bit, because that's nice and secure. So what that is saying to me is, yes, I do need to fly. If I stay in my cage, my wings are going to get all bashed and not, and eventually they're going to atrophy. So by seeing the images, and you can ask people, say you're using a crystal ball, you can ask the person... What do you see? And when they tell you, you can 
look through their eyes. That's what the psychic bit is, looking through their eyes. Okay. And you can help them to interpret. All right, uh, Ben has a question. All right, so you say you teach people about this stuff, right? Yes. What do, what do you teach them about, like, well, about, I know you teach them scrying, but what other forms of um, divination do you teach them? I teach the tarot, I teach runes, I teach how to use small crystals, I teach psychometry, which means holding objects and picking up information from the energy field of the object, and if it belongs to a person or has belonged to their family, you can pick up from the energy field about the person and their lives. There are no limits. I mean, take, going back to the Roman times, there were prophetesses called the Sibyls, and there was one at a place called Kumai. What she did, she used to invite people into her cave, and she would see, she didn't have an actual method. She would see in her mind, she scribed in her mind for images, and she would write loads of information um, on, with a special pen on leaves. Then she would open the cave door, all the leaves would blow, the people would have to run and catch them, and the ones they caught, the wisdom on those was what they needed to see most. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh-huh. No, okay, I was, I was going to ask something that, <clears throat> that, that comes up on the show frequently when we talk about this, and that something that concerns Ben and I day to day as we proceed, right. and, and, and he, he develops, and this sort of thing is, how do you know? This is a question the the, the 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 fundamentalist Christians ask all the time, and they're not they're not necessarily wrong to ask it. No, of course not. You know, how do you know that something negative, like the, the parasites we talk about, are not influencing the um, the readings or the cards or the whatever you're seeing or this sort of thing? How, how do you tell the difference between what's good and what's bad? Right. Well, for a start, I would always put protection around myself and whoever I was working with, whether it was on the phone, whether it was cyber. But you have, what you have to remember is that tarot cards, people imbue tarot cards with a huge amount of significance. They get the death card and they say, oh, my God, somebody's going to die. Well, of course it isn't. It's about a transition. They are pieces of paper. The runes are stones with markings on. You are working with symbols. Now, if you get advice that is blatantly negative, blatantly wrong, then just as if you met some guy down the pub and he gave you advice, you wouldn't believe him. You would realise that for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, you would realise that you were getting bad advice. And yes, without an entity, you can go to a psychic, and there are psychics who do this for money and ego, and they will give appalling advice. They will frighten people. I've had people who've come to me and said, oh, this psychic says I'm going to die when I'm 55. And I say, well, that's absolutely rubbish, because for a start, you can't see deaths in a card. But you, ha you have to use your common sense. You have to use your wisdom. And... This is why I am very wary about who I recommend. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily say, come to me. When I work with other organizations, I will, I will, if the people are good, I will recommend the other people. But, I mean, I am less likely probably to have entities working with me because I am good Birmingham, Midland, down to earth. And if it's not sense, if it's not feeling right... Don't you think it's very much trusting that feeling within you? Hang on, this is not right. In which case, 
I would cleanse the things. I would close the session and we'd have something to eat and drink and we would do something different. Mm-hmm. Well, during the break, we were talking about how I was, uh, you know, during my sem- my men- many years in the seminary, um, I was in, the, you know, Montreal frequently uh, in Canada, and we were sitting in a lovely Greek restaurant, and, and uh, one of my fellow seminarians happened to pick up a, a cup uh, of uh, coffee they had just or, or tea and had finished it and w- just started to read the, the leaves. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, my mother always did this. I said, are, are, you know, we're not supposed to do that. You know, the issue, it, it didn't really come up very often. And I can't remember it ever coming up in class, people saying, oh, don't do this or it's all demons or, you know, you know, if you see any of your people doing this, you know, nail them right away. Uh, it, it really didn't come up. So I, I, I don't – so it, it's whether it's taken seriously – Today, by the at least the Roman Catholic Eastern Orthodox clergy, I'm not sure, but that uh, it does seem there does seem to be a certain lightening up about how to approach this. Now, now that being said, uh, there are psychics I have known, mediums especially I have known, and that's not the same thing, psychics and mediums. And I, I would be, I bet my bottom dollar, as we say, that they were dealing with something really, really negative. Uh, demonic in the in the folklore sense, uh, and others who, who were were truly you could see and feel doing the work of God, so to speak. And what, what we say on the show, we've done whole shows on this long, not for a long time, but we've said, you know, I, my advice would be to see how much this is, 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 is as you just said, Cassandra. See how you feel with this person. See how comfortable you are with the person before any 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 other readings or anything are done. And is this person acting out of love or out of something else? Love is the bottom line for us. And what say you? I say that if, I mean some mediums will, some psychics will say, "Oh, you need to come for a whole series of sessions." I would say that for most people, a good psychic will say, "Okay, let me help you." And then we'll say, well, go away and work on this. Or even we'll say, as I have on occasions, look, you know, right now, I don't think you are ready to look at this. Let's, you know, as I've done psychology, I would say, let's have a look at your present life. Let's see what we can sort out about that and then see. And I wouldn't charge them. But the church, I mean, one of the things with the church, and this is nowhere criticism of I myself with High Church of England, is that sometimes they don't want people to know too much. The idea is you go through the priest. Yeah, great. Job security, I often think it is. <laughs> yes, I was, I'm far too English and polite to say that, but yes, well, exactly. Sure and, <laughs> and also the idea that the afterlife is the province of the priest. And when you are in the heavens, in religion talks about the dead and the living meeting at the communion rail which in a sense is accepting. And November the 1st and 2nd, the Days of the Dead in places like Mexico, in Catholic countries like France, are still when the deceased are welcomed back into the home. And so there is some crossover, but on a whole, the idea is once you're in heaven, you're in heaven, boy, and you don't come knocking back. But... I have had priests who said to me, surely any grandma in heaven is going to want to come and peep in at the cradle of the newborn in the family. If 
I know if I was in the afterlife in whatever form and one of my kids or my grandkids was sobbing their hearts out alone, I would want to come back and do my thing. You see, to me, going on to the afterlife and mediumship, it's all about love. Love, to me, survives death. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We, don't, we don't maybe know the precise form. We know that people do come back and give remarkably good advice, things that people could not possibly have known. And often it's the, and this is a little bit related, it's often very, very homely things. And this is how I can say you can know if a medium is genuine. I mean, for example, a medium will give perhaps a name or will give something about the person or say, oh, this is what your gran used to say. And immediately, you know, they are present. But again, it happens personally. We are all mediums. For example, there was a woman I met called Liz, and she desperately needed the deeds of her house to sort out some dispute with the council. And she didn't know where they were. Her husband, who had died two years before, came to her in the dream. You can imagine him exasperated. And he said, they've fallen down the back of the dressing table. She wakes up next morning and they're there. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we, I'm going to stop right there because we have another break. But Cassandra Eason is with us, and it's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries. I can hear her heartbeat from a thousand miles. Yellow hair runs open Every time she smiles And when I come to her That's where I belong Yet I run into her Like a river song She gave me love, love, love She gave me love, love She gave me love, 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 She gave me love, 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 She got a fine sense of humor when I'm feeling low down. Yeah, when I come to her, when the sun goes down. Take away my trouble. Take away my grief Take away my heartache And I like a thief She gave me love, 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 love She gave me love, 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 love She gave me love, 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 She gave me love, love, love Yeah, I need her in the daytime. Yeah, I need her in the night. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to throw my arms around her. I need her. And kiss and hug her, kiss and hug her tight. Yeah, when I'm returning. 
She gave me some sweet loving, brighten up my day. And it made me righteous. And it made me whole. And it made me mellow. Down to my soul. She gave me love, 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 Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. No more visiting with tonight. And we're, uh, there's a question, Cassandra, that I, I doesn't seem to be asked all that often, but some of our listeners have brought it up, and I've often wondered it myself. I wanted to ask if you've noticed something we've noticed and that our listeners, as I say, sometimes comment on. It seems that so many psychics, uh, especially professional ones, lead lives that are one disaster after another. Uh, their personal lives often are disasters unless they really catch on as authors. Uh, very often they uh, seem to be in some kind of financial crisis. I mean, what, what's, these are people who are supposed to be giving advice to others. I mean, what, what do you say about, about that, that, that issue? Or, or... I would say, first of all, on the financial issue, many psychics are soft as butter, good ones. They do so much work for nothing, and they undercharge. And it's a bit like witchcraft, you see. You can't use witchcraft for your own advantage. Yes, of course, if you're a psychic, you have to earn a living because you have to pay your supermarket bills, but they tend to be so busy, so wrapped up in other people's lives, they forget to look after themselves. It's very much an altruism thing. I I mean, And also, again, because psychics tend to be very, very loving, gentle people, they tend to attract the sort of partners who want a therapist, mother, father, um, bankroller, all in one. And because Mm. you can do something, it doesn't mean that you have the answers to the universe. And you know yourself, it's very, very hard to sort your own lives. They say practice what you preach. But in fact, psychics are remarkably good at sorting out other people's lives. And if you're not careful, there isn't anything left for your own. Well, that's the most positive spin I've heard on that. I've often heard psychics say that, that it's a forest for the trees sort of thing when you are attempting to help someone you are close to. Or a member of your own family. Sometimes you, so, not all, but some have said, have said that they sometimes have trouble uh, reading, if for lack of a better term, their own loved ones. I mean, do, you, do you find that? Or well, you are very emotionally involved too. That's the difference, isn't it, between professional and private? But also, we don't have tough love now. I mean, years and years ago, you would find that great grandma would sit everybody round the table with the tea leaves and she would say the no-nonsense things they needed to hear. Now, this is one of the most refreshing things I found, and I've done three months in Australia, and was that Australian people are so, many of them are so remarkably 
frankly honest. And <laughs> for me, you see, and this is very much related to the psychic, I am a thousand times better psychic coming back from Australia than I went because I got slapped around a few times. I got told things. And there was one particular friend I made. She's absolutely amazing. And she has told me things, tr truth about myself that nobody has ever said and I've never listened to. And as a result of that now, I've become a better person. I've become a better psychic. And so what is missing now with psychics and their own families and with families generally is tough love. This happened with us flower children in the 60s especially. Mm -hmm. We got, we wanted our kids to have everything, especially if like me, say, you came from a very, very poor home. You wanted your kids to have everything. You wanted your kids never to be without. You never wanted them to be you know, cold and hungry and miserable. And so sometimes I think a whole generation of us haven't given the tough love. And that's what you have to do as a psychic. You have to make it very, very gentle because you've got to uplift the people who come to you. But at the same time, you have got to sometimes point out to them, well, hang on, if you, the reason you keep having one disastrous relationship after another is you're picking the same sort of guy and gal. And you're not respecting yourself. You're not asking of yourself and of others hey, I'm not going to be treated like this. You have this false image. I mean, have to go back to Hathor and her magical mirror, the ancient Egyptian. She had a magical mirror, it was said, in which you could see yourself as you could become. Now, most of the people who come to see psychics have a remarkably low self-image. They think, well, they say about all the terrible things their partners do, and they say, but, you know, it's what I deserve. Mm -hmm. And so the psychic has to also be the priest in the modern world, the psychologist, the tough grandma who says, well, come on, gal, get over it. Quite a responsibility and quite true. It, it is. I'm, I'm sorry, Ben had a, had a question. Oh, right. Yeah. So we always give our listeners two clear messages when it comes to psychics and mediums. First, if you don't feel completely comfortable with them, run the other way. Second... Totally true. Yeah, so second, second one is never let anyone make decisions for you or tell you what to do. Can you comment on that? 100%. We're going back, aren't we, to the very first thing I said about the justice card. Yes. And the divorce. If you, but people come and they say to you, they say to me and to other psychics, tell me what's going to happen to me. They say that. They have this, this expectation that the psychic, and oh, you won't tell me any bad news, will you? It's almost like the psychic has this hotline and people still want to be told what to do. And I say to them, well, what do you want to happen? And they do a double take. Like, well, what's that got to do with me? How would you know? How would I know? And then some people will get very, very defensive. They, will, they fold the arms and they say, well, I'm paying you to tell me what's going to happen to me. Well, you know, that's, uh, that leads into a very interesting, it reminds me of a comment that Ben and I heard the other night. We were at a, a local church, uh, Eastern Orthodox Church, and, and the, the, there were two priests uh, who were, uh, one of whom used to work with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were very well-known uh, paranormal investigators here for right. many years, and uh, we had uh, later, later became an Orthodox priest. And one of them commented, he said, you know, you get the impression when you're on a case uh, from, from people that, that and, and the same thing would apply to, to people who go to psychics, some of them, the ones, the sorts of people you've just referred to. 
And if you tell them to go out in their front yard and, and take off all their clothes and swing a chicken around their head, they'll do it if they think it'll fix things. But if you tell them to love each other and to respect one another and to come together, you know, it goes right over their heads. You know? Do you notice the same kind of thing? I do. And what I say to them is, right, Every more, I say, sometimes I'll say, well, okay, you know, we're not going anywhere with this reading because whatever I suggest or whatever I say, they block. Can't do that. Because they're not, I say to them, right, stand in front of the mirror every morning and light a candle and say, mirror, mirror on the wall, I demand respect of all. I am worthy of admiration, I am worthy of consideration, and so I take my place in the sun. Blow out the candle and smile. Now do that every morning for a month and then come back. Or maybe you won't need to, and often they don't need to. Well, that, that brings up a very good point of, of the, the power coming from within, so to speak. Exactly. Things of this kind. And, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, because we have a lot of people who know I was in the seminary, and they're Christians, and they'll, they'll challenge us on certain things. And I'll say, notice that, that Jesus was always saying when he was performing miracles, it's your faith that has done this. Your faith has saved you or healed you. And when he went to Nazareth, we grew up, uh, supposedly, the... the, the uh, Everybody said, well, we know who you were, and you couldn't do any miracles there. And Matthew even says he couldn't do any miracles there. So, I mean, again, emphasizing that the power comes from within. It isn't the, the crystal ball, or, or I wouldn't think, or, or the, 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 no. the holy water, or whatever you're talking about. It's a tool that concentrates your own power. Exactly, and that's why I say to you, I teach people, even when I'm doing a reading for people, I am teaching them, I'm showing them, I'm explaining to them what I'm doing. I'm not saying, hey, I'm sitting here on my cloud. I'm saying to them, hey, you know, look at this card. You can see the empress. You can see she is the mother. She is doing this. And that's great, but sometimes you give too much. And in giving too much, you're stopping your family from growing. And you're stopping yourself from growing. So I'm teaching people all the time. But as I said, that's... Me going to Australia has been a road to Damascus transformation. I've come back a different person because for the first time I have questioned the way I work as a psychic. I've questioned, I've been lucky enough to meet some very, very good psychics and I have questioned the way I do it and I have come to the conclusion now exactly what you said, that a true good psychic will generate in a person, trigger their own inner powers, their own inner intuitions. And you cannot say to someone, for example, yes, you should leave your husband. Because unless you can walk every step of the way with them, all you can do is say to them, well, okay, you don't trust your husband. I'm not going to tell you whether he's having an affair or not, because that is between you and him. But if you don't trust him, why don't you trust him? Ask why you don't trust him. He's the person you should be asking about this. And that is what is so important with this, that people go away reflecting on their own life and their own choices. And sometimes, you know, some people will come and they have the most tragic, horrendous lives and you can't do a lot. And I, I, I sit and I cry with them and... Okay, that might sound a really wimpy thing to do, but sometimes the psychic reading is saying, yes, these are the possibilities, but yes, it's going to be oh so hard. Okay, well, uh, sorry to interrupt, but we have to take another break. Okay. And we'll, we'll be right back with Cassandra Eason on Behind the Paranormal, CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay with us. 
Spiritually Raw, the ass-whipping truth. Where skeptics meet spirits and consciousness connect. Meet the four distinctly different individuals. Building a multimedia enterprise revolving around the spirit world. No topic is taboo. Tune in as they expose and explore controversial beliefs behind the truths, myths, theories, and religious dogmas surrounding the metaphysical world. They're smart, witty, intuitive, with the raw sense of humor that won't allow listeners to feel sorry for themselves. Special guests range from psychic mediums to Catholic priests and everyone in between. Be prepared for a cataclysmic collision of energies. Callers and opinions are welcome if you dare. SpirituallyRaw.com CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. 
And we're back for the last part of our hour here with Cassandra Easton. It always goes so quickly when we speak to her. She's uh, so many good insights and such a good friend. Uh, I'm going to let my poor son get a word in edgewise here and ask, uh, ask this question because uh, I wanted to make a comment my own. So go ahead. Okay. You practice as a psychic. Do you consider yes. yourself a fortune teller? I consider myself a fortune maker in helping people to make their own fortunes because I don't think the future is to be told. I think it is to be, it is a dialogue to be discussed. Very good. Mm. Um, now, just one question before I just, well, let me comment on Australia. Uh, you mentioned that it had sort of, uh, you had a recent, uh, I guess, book tour of Australia. and. Uh, In fact, a lot of the time I was staying with friends, I was um, researching. I did do a little bit of book stuff, but it mainly, for me, a lot of it, it was a learning experience. Excellent. Well, what happened to me, because it was much longer back, I'm sure, than this particular trip you, you just returned from, but it was in 1979. I was in Australia, uh, <coughs> excuse me, in the line of duty uh, on the way somewhere else, and I spent seven hours, as I've mentioned on the show before at times, with uh, Minda Louie, a, an elder of the Aboriginal people, and it, wow. the, the conversation, which went on for the better part of the seven hours, which I, w- I was told later on that I was deeply favored because of that because they don't open up to strangers very very readily no, but it right. completely changed or, or rather i should say confirmed much many of the views on in my case the paranormal that i had begun to to uh, develop at that point uh, and because i'd already been doing it for several for a number of years and and it was I, I was things just didn't add up and he really started to explain it so i came away from australia as you did a changed person so I just thought I'd, I'd comment on that. People think um, Americans are the are, are, are the most open people, and sometimes a little bit crazy. But to me, it's it's the Australians who are the the, op- the, the, the most wonderful, open, warm people I think I've ever met. And I'm not just saying that because we have a lot of listeners in Australia I say because I mean it and I experienced it. But in any case, I would agree. Yeah, uh, certainly to say uh, w- one more question at least here because uh, we, we're running out of time is why do some religions and we touched on this before, but especially Christians seem to take such uh, ferocious exception at times to to uh, psychics or fortune telling or this sort of thing, um, and sure enough, I think as, as we said that they they are at times justified in that, but but certainly not all the time. How do how do you approach that? What, what do you do about it? I mean, in, in your own practice. I say to people that I work with a source of goodness, whether you call it God, the goddess. I, in fact, am a Quaker who believes that there is good or God in everyone. But I would say that we are all working towards making the best of our lives. And Christianity wants us to make the best of our lives, as does Judaism, as do all the other religions. They want us to make the best of ourselves and our lives. And Fortune-making or divination is a way of discovering our potentials and how we can do that. Well put. What would you do if, if uh, you're a listener uh, to our show right now and you believe you have the power to help others in this way, uh, but you have no teacher, you have no development? What, what, what would be your, your, your steps toward developing your own abilities as a psychic? I would, right. I would say, first of all, go out, listen to the wind in the trees, listen to the messages there, go to a river where it is running over stones, listen to the voices of nature, start off by looking into water and rippling it, like I was saying, drop herbs 
onto water and make pictures. Listen to the wind blowing. Listen to the thunder. Hear the voices of nature and then read. Choose a method and say a tarot pack. Look at the pictures. Don't worry about what they should mean. Look at the pictures. Travel into them as you would in meditation. I get people to imagine the tarot cards and the edges disappearing and walk into them. In fact, when I teach tarot, the very best readings people ever do are the first ones before they know the meanings. I'd say trust yourself. Learn what things should mean. At the end of the day, trust your intuition, because that's what it's about. Oh, well put, well put. What if you, and we touched on this on the last last time you were on, when we were talking about psychic children, but just to review, as a parent, what what do you do when when you see these abilities in your own children? How, how do you how do you handle that? I well, I now have a granddaughter. I listen. I would listen to what they say. I would take it seriously. I would make sure that I let them know they were always safe. The frightening thing for children is secrecy. When people say it's not true, it's rubbish, it's your imagination, and children are left to these fears, and you explain to them they can always ask for the help of the angels. But at the same time. People do see people who have apparently died because love goes on. And even small children can understand if they're made to feel that their powers are bad or spooky. And like I said to you before, there are many people who were punished as children. In the bad old days, people, young teenagers were shut up in mental asylums for having what we know were visions of their spirit guides. Hopefully we are more open, but unfortunately, still in the educational and psychological profession, people are not open, especially if you are not in a higher socioeconomic group. Okay, well, we're flat out of time. Cassandra, thank you so much. I wanted to give you time to talk about your books, but we'll just refer people to your website again, www.cassandraeason.com. And if you have any doubts, go to BehindTheParanormal.com, and we have our, our uh, links there. Cassandra, it's always an honor and a pleasure to speak yes. with you, and uh, we'll be speaking with you very soon again. I look forward to that. Very good. Okay, well, again, our website, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can uh, subscribe to our newsletter, become a show reporter, buy my books. And also get free podcasts of all the shows, and they are also available at NewSkyRadio.com. And so many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you right here next Sunday, December 12th, when my dad will take the hour to take us deeper into the famous Village of Voices case than he ever has before. Yeah, I'll tell you some things I never told you before. And stay tuned right now for Caps Paranormal with our good friends Dave Jones and John Zaffis. All right. In the meantime, check out our New England Drive Time show every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on WON 1240 AM in southeastern New England and onworldwide.com. Also, you can hear rebroadcasts of Beyond the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, right here on CBS New Sky Radio. Okay, and we will look forward to seeing you next time. And we're going to leave you this evening with a thought from the great Italian astronomer, none other than Galileo. All truths are easy to understand once they are discovered. The point is to discover them. And we'll see you next week.